What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Canby Christian Church Podcast. This is an on-Sunday episode. That's the episode where the pastors of the church and an occasional guest get together in a dank basement and talk about what happened on Sunday, even though it's a Monday. That's why it's called On Mm -hmm. Sunday. We have an occasional guest. We have Ashley McCartney, our kids' ministry director with us, replacing Aaron, who's away on a hunting trip. I'm Cody. I'm Rob. I'm Ashley. Ashley, they'll they'll be able to tell your voice apart. That's I the one complaint. So. <laughs> Everyone thinks we all sound the same. They do. I can't tell who's talking when. I think really it's me and Aaron. I think yeah, it's the Californians. It's, <laughs> it's the Californians, dude. Hey, I took the pole, but uh, I'm gonna take the 57 <laughs> to the five to the 91. Maybe I know you guys too well because I feel like I can distinguish Let your voices. Dump you off in a ball hollow where you belong. <laughs> what are you doing here? Where are you doing? <laughs> we do that all the time. Oh my gosh. Oh, Rob, how was your week? Anything fun happened to you? It was good. It was a good week. Um, I did have to take one child to the emergency room. What? Oh my god! I didn't know that. It was a so. Sat. What day was that? I was present. Um. Yeah, it was Friday. Friday Friday night. I was, you know, playing with my three-year-old daughter as you do. I grabbed her by the arms and I was swinging her around, which doctors say never to do. Because you can, like, basically rip their arms out of their sockets. I've heard that. But how many times have you done that with your girls? Many. Swung them around by their arms? Never. <laughs> don't even. I don't uh, think so. Because of that, it freaks me out. Does it? Okay. Yeah, it's all, like, grab them under their armpits, you know, or whatever. No, I. but honestly, I didn't. I don't do it often, and I didn't do it very hard, but I grabbed oh, I guess my I daughter's have. arms. <laughs> and I think all the kids want to do this, and I was just barely swinging her anyways, and I felt a little bit of a pop in her oh. wrist. And she started crying, and I was like, oh, no, you know. And she, the first thing she says to me loudly through her tears is, you hurt my ankle. And she, But she was pointing to her <laughs> wrist. Okay. And so I was like, your anatomy's all off here, Piper. No. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, something's wrong. She was crying. And so we, took, you know, we kind of sat her down and comforted her for a while. And then she was babying it for like a few hours. And we thought she's probably just, she's, it's not a big deal. And uh, but she kept acting like it was really hurting. She wasn't moving it at all. We were trying to get her to move it. So after a while, we're like, I don't know. I think maybe she is really hurt. So this was yeah. Ashley came over mm-hmm. to hang out. Well, not even like because of this or anything. You yeah. just came over to hang out for dinner. Yeah. And then we were like, we better just take her to the emergency room. We haven't actually had to drive over to Oregon City, which is where the emergency room is. We would go. So we yeah, we yeah. took her. And the whole way, even I put her into her car seat and like her, as I buckled her in, she like wouldn't let me move her arm into the car seat, you know, into the, into the, um, like the holster or whatever. I don't know. What do you call it? The thing that goes over your chest, you know, the, that part of the car seat. Well, so why, I, why would she? You're the one who hurt her. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like why trying. Why she trust you with her I'm, arms ever again? I guess I'm saying like it was very clear <laughs> that she seemed legitimately hurt, right? We get to the ER. You obviously see where I'm going with this. We walk in the door and immediately she's 100% fine. <laughs> not crying. Arms not hurting. Mallory lifts up her hand and says, give me a high five. She takes her apparently broken arm and gives her a big high five. And she's acting totally normal. And I am baffled by this. Just yeah. baffled. And this lady looks at us like, so what's going on? I was like, yeah, her wrist is really hurting her. And she's like, uh, okay. She's like, I don't know. She seems fine. But the, we ended up seeing like the triage nurse and they looked at it and they were like, and then we, she said, we can give you an x-ray if you want to check. And I'm like, it's not even worth it. So we left and she was fine. She was a hundred percent fine, but this was, so we drove out there. It was so late too. Oh, it wasn't that late. It was like eight, eight, a little after eight o'clock for her. That was kind of late. And so she just used it as an excuse to stay up late, not go to bed on time. They walked through the door and Piper goes, I'm healed, auntie. My wrist is all better, auntie. I'm like, oh my gosh, you actress. Yeah. That is so funny. So that was drama. A little of what happened. Nice. Also, I introduced her to a a new song that she really loves, but she didn't know the name of the songs. Um, So she kept yelling at us, play seven foot, seven foot. And first of all, we couldn't understand what she was saying. Seven foot, seven foot. What do you? 
we didn't know it. So then we realized, I, I thought back to this song that she really liked. And it was actually that song called Banana Boat, the Calypso song that goes like six, six foot, foot, seven foot, <laughs> that's exactly eight what I foot thought. bunch. Did you think that? That's what I thought when she No yeah, she way. Said, that's the song that popped into my head. That is so <laughs> funny because I, I could, took me like a few minutes to figure it out. And then I figured it out. And it was the <laughs> whole like Deo song. Nice. Anyway, so they. What an interesting sh- song. Now every time we get in the car, she wants to listen to it. It's a really <laughs> catchy song. Anyways. <laughs> Ashley, how was your Ashley, Yeah. Oh, my week was good. Um, you did I, some traveling recently. You could yes. tell us about that. That wasn't last week. It was a week before last? To California. I don't even know. It all like blends together at this I point. Know. But yeah, I was in California for five days and that was super fun. You were taking um, around a I local. Was. Hannah Barr. She's, she's thinking of moving out there. So, Are you supposed um, to just tell the whole world that? Yes, I just, <laughs> just told announced the whole. It on now, the, now she has to do it. People are going to ask her about it. You just <laughs> you just announced it to tens of people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> tens of fives. So fives of tens people. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I introduced her to like friends and, and nice. that way if she does move out there, she'll she'll know some people. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And get a feel for the climate. It was incredibly oh, hot. 107 when we landed. Nice. Yeah. And she was she was utterly like shocked. She was that, wilting in the sun. Well, no, for the traffic. <laughs> we, we were doing a 40 mile drive and it ended up being a little under three hours. Yep. Yeah. Welcome and to LA. she was like, <laughs> yeah, she was shocked. I was like, yep, this, yeah, this is normal. That's, terrible. This is that's the worst. Normal. That is yeah. the worst. I hate flying into LAX. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cody, what'd you do? Oh, dude, we're getting into the busy season. We have soccer games. We have volleyball games. Uh, The kids are playing. Youth group is going to be starting back up here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So just getting getting into the busy part. But a little more, like, uh, scheduled, which is nice, too. Yeah. I like that as well. So there's pluses and minuses. A little more orderly. How did the girls yeah. do? Did they win? Lose? Uh, they did good. The uh, Thailand they lost overall, but they played like best three out of five. They won the third game. Oh wow! Uh, but Thailand played well. I mean, because she's they're young, you know, volleyball. So it's like if you get the ball over, you know, like you're doing pretty good. <laughs> and so she How had many... a couple where she hit the ball over. They hit it back. She hit it back mm. over and scored. You know, that kind of thing. How many points do they play to? Uh, twenty five. Wow, okay. But rally scoring. So every time the ball hits the ground, like oh, someone scores. Not the, okay. like, yeah. So Which games, I think most people do now, actually. Games go quick, then. Yeah, they go pretty quick. I think at the varsity, like, high school level, they play best of five. Uh, but, yeah, two out of three is pretty normal. And then, yeah, Riley's team tied. Mm. And one goal was, like, a own goal. We accidentally scored on ourselves. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a win. So, yeah, they played hard. But that was, like, on that Saturday, it was so hot. Oh, like, gosh. Yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty terrible. They are dying. But uh, but anyways, yeah, it's fun getting back into that. Yeah, Owen. The Seahawks lost yesterday. It was such a, <laughs> bum, <laughs> such a bummer. But, where's I mean. Your, where's, your, where's your trombone? That's just one. <laughs> <laughs> that's just one setback on the way to winning the Super Bowl. So, it's all good. Many more games to <laughs> it's come. It's all good. Uh <laughs> Yeah, Owen went with Mallory to the to Ben Simon's game. He was fun. He was inviting everybody. Yes, I I <laughs> did awesome. get a formal invite from Ben <laughs> to his soccer game. I got to go to cool. at least one of them. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. He's amped up about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that w- cool. which was right next to Riley, right? I think they were playing like on the same near the same place. They were at uh, Trost. No, so she she had an, Riley had an away game. Oh, yeah, we okay. were out in like Happy Valley. Oh yeah, okay. um, but yeah, that's that's it for my weekend. Now Very my exciting. now that my kids' activities have taken over my whole life, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I'll ever have to report on for on the, Saturdays for the rest of the school year. <laughs> um, it's not even that long. How many months is the season? Oh, I don't know. It's only like three. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's something not, it's short. Not that long. Um, but uh, speaking of seasons, mm-hmm. Paul's season of ministry is coming to an That's end. That's right. His life yeah. is coming to an end. What <laughs> a segue that was. That was smooth. That was smooth. <laughs> that was legitimately very smooth. Yeah. Um, and so that, that gets us into what we were studying this week. We finished up Second Timothy. Mm-hmm. We were in First and Second Timothy for a while, not super long, but all summer. 
uh, and we were talking about the roots of a healthy church, uh, and we wrapped it up this week with Second uh, Timothy four, the last section nine through twenty two. Uh, Aaron's main point was no matter what obstacles you face as a believer, God is with you and will rescue you. Um, and one of the main things he pointed out was like this last section of second Timothy has a lot of, uh, a lot of like humanity for Paul. Like it's very personal. I think he said Mm -hmm. a different word. He said like humanness. Humanness. I think he said humanness (laughs) in his sermon. And I was thinking, I think you mean humanity, Aaron. <laughs> I think he said that, but is humanness a real word? I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, I I totally get it what feels, he's saying. Yeah, is that uh, you get the the vibe it's, of what the humanness of Paul? I almost like the way that sounds better, but I, I don't think that is a real. I word. I don't know. I think he said Paul's humanity. Uh, well, which service were you in? I was in first service. Yeah, we listened to both. Humanness. That's, oh, how, good a, that's how good a Christians we are. Actually, in the, dic- <laughs> in the dictionary, there is the word humanness, and it has a definition of the quality or condition of being human or characteristic mm. of humans. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So he's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Humanness is is real. I just, when he heard it, when I when he said it, I was like, that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. A- egg on your face. Egg all over my head. Good job, Aaron, from afar. <laughs> I lost the chance to make fun of you. Though yeah. it's, it's true. I think the, the end of the letters, oftentimes Paul's talking about people by name. Yeah. He's talking about like this real world situation, this person who's a coppersmith or something. Is that what he says? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a coppersmith. Uh, yeah, name, who, is, who is this opposer, this person who's opposing him? Alexander the coppersmith. It's just like that kind of detail is so fun to to think about. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's so the humanity uh, of what is going on in the, in the life of this apostle really does come through. I thought that was a cool highlight that he brought up, and also, um, kind of connecting it to our lives and that people, that Paul's a real person. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a exactly. real, he's a real guy. Yeah, well, and that that leads into a good point um about the what we were going to discuss there and one of Aaron's main points is that he is a normal person Mm -hmm. like God has chosen to use him in a very special way has given him gifts that uh, he could use for his kingdom but there isn't actually anything more special about Paul uh, than there is about us Mm -hmm. other than God chose to use him in a way that is very upfront for all Christians because we read sections of the Bible written by him, inspired Mm. by the Holy Spirit. So that is fairly unique, but there's nothing about Paul that made him able to do that other than God deciding to use him in that way Um, somewhat. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's other circumstances, but any of us could have been born into the same circumstances with Mm -hmm. the same gifts and, you know. um, And who knows how God will use us. Yeah. But often we, yeah, we take people and Aaron expanded it out to your pastor, your life group leader, Mm -hmm. your person you look up to as a mentor. um, And we say like, this is a, a holy person, a person, you know, who is, is somehow above or different than a regular human person. And we expect them to never mess up uh, or to never have struggles. Um, and so that was one of the questions you wrote down here, Rob, is why can that be dangerous when we start putting people up on a pedestal? Yeah. I'll throw it out to, I mean, uh, the obvious is when you do that and that person fails, then all of a sudden, um, a big chunk of what you were depending on for stability sort of falls apart. You see this often with very influential leaders who morally fail and then, People who are so uh, dependent upon their spiritual guidance end up, you know, following in their footsteps and their whole belief is sort of shaken because of that. So I think that's like the one thing we think about is that that can be a real danger. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Any other thoughts? Um, I mean, I think. I think we should always expect everyone to fail at some point. <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> matter if they're a leader or not. I feel like, yeah, right. we're all just, you know, at the end of the day, kind of weak before God and we are dependent on him always. Yeah. So 
yeah, I don't think pedestals should exist <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> in, yeah. that, in that um, sense, yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny, though, about that Paul, like we've talked about in recent weeks, put himself up there in one sense, but mm, not to yeah. be an idol for people to worship, which is really what I think is happening in these instances when people put people on a pedestal. What that means is they're idolizing them. They are becoming their source of salvation in some sense. Like they look to them and not necessarily to the God who they are uh, worshiping and supposed to be pointing to, but they look to those, those men or women themselves as their ultimate authority, their ultimate source of, you know, salvation in a sense. Um, but Paul doesn't do that. He puts himself up as a good example to follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Imitate me as I, as I, yeah, as I imitate Christ. Like, so that's the, the parts of me (laughs) that are not imitating Christ. Well, Mm-hmm. Ignore those parts, right? <laughs> like ex- imitate me as I imitate Christ is uh, is specific. Not that Paul is the man and everything he does is right. Yeah, and then there's that. Isn't there a proverb where it's like um, there's wisdom in the counsel of many? Mm-hmm. So there's wisdom in like having pe- many people in your life who you look up to and like and can like glean wisdom from. But yeah, none of them should be your go-to for like salvation <laughs> or for yeah. like security. Yeah. But um, I think there's value in having people that you look up to, but right. just not, not to a point where it affects your own salvation if they fail, because I mean, we all kind of fail. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about Paul is there's nothing glaring in, in the Bible, at least not coming to my mind of like a failing, a failure, a sin that Paul committed that he needed repentance. I'm, I'm sure there were many, but like, unlike Peter, Peter is the ultimate, everyone looks at Peter because mm-hmm. he is in one hand, an amazing, powerful leader. We see that through the book of Acts in the gospels themselves. And then Peter of course has this, some, you know, unfortunate, horrible falling out and betrayal, you know? So it's like, he's, he's a good example to look at for the humanity. And Paul, I th- Aaron mentioned this in a sermon about the disagreement between Mark yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, you know, just uh, funny to think about. Yeah. And which leads me to think like, even he, Aaron kind of alluded to it. Like maybe Paul was wrong in that. And he, you know, it's hard. People look at the book of Acts is, is a difficult book in one sense, because it's just relaying the history of the earlier church. People take that book and they use different stories in there to bring out principles to follow, but it's more descriptive. It talks about what's happening rather than prescriptive, teaching us what we ought to or ought not to do. So like that story, it's hard. We don't exactly know who is in the right or who's in the wrong because Mark went off and did missionary work with Barnabas and Paul went with Silas. And it seems like all went well because in the end of this, like we're going to read in this text where we did on Sunday, is that Paul was saying Mark is is useful for ministry. So he's like restored to him in some sense. And so I don't know, it could be that that was probably him being hasty or selfish or I don't know. Like, we just don't really know. Yeah. But I think it's interesting to think about maybe Paul made the wrong choice there um, and ultimately came around to it in the end of Timothy or Mark was doing something wrong and he corrected it. And again, I I didn't study that much, but I don't know. I was just thinking through that. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think there's much to study on that one. Yeah. Like you just have the story and then you have this mention again, but you don't really, there's not like anything else to go off of. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just have to make guesses there. Right. Who, who was it that said like, I do what I do not want to do. That's, That's Paul. Paul. Yeah. See, so there was a, but wh- Paul's talking about again? himself before he was regenerated. <laughs> <laughs> Romans chapter seven. Church, 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 that is, church. that's debatable. Get, that's why, that's oh. why Rob threw that out so fast. Get sanctified. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that is debated oh, in theological right. circles. I, I and do so. remember the conversations now. They're coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that sure. If that's the interpretation you take that he's talking about himself as a Christian, yeah. he's a regenerate person. Then he is, and I and I don't think that I don't think he could still say that as a, as a Christian. I think there are still sins that he pro, he committed, no doubt. Yeah, but there's just not many, unlike Peter <laughs> and other apostles, um, that are like somewhat glaring. And that, I mean that makes sense. I mean the guy was writing most of it. You mm. know, what I mean he did talk about the thorn in his flesh, and it's, that's. I mean, I think that's somewhat a good point on this one as we talk about putting people on a pedestal, like because oftentimes when we talk about someone we've put on a pedestal failing. Like mo- that that 
that terminology comes up the most with pastors mm. who like have affairs. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And there's a point like there is, a, you know, not everything, every sin can be forgiven. Not every sin needs to be, uh, the pr- forgiving a person doesn't mean you give them all the same responsibility they mm-hmm. had. There's obviously mm-hmm. mistakes pastors can make that would reveal that they don't have the character of a pastor or maybe they were in a position they shouldn't have been in or whatever, you know, that they're, that they should not ever have that position again. Uh, so that's not saying, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about putting people on a pedestal. We're talking about putting people on a pedestal to the point that like everything they do is right. You don't ever, you know, whatever opinion they throw out is the opinion. Like we give them uh, like the place of gospel scripture in our lives, which is not a place anyone should be because people are going to say the wrong thing. Sometimes people are going to say the right thing in a way that is rude <laughs> and you need to forgive it. You know, like there, that's the more what we're talking yeah. about versus someone who, you know, is a pastor who abuses their position, yeah. you know, like there's, there's certain, that's not the same as putting someone on a, on a pedestal mm, saying yeah. like there's things you can't ever do and stay in your position as a pastor is different than than what we're just talking about with putting people on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. But I think that one of the things I was thinking about in here as he was talking about that is I think that when we do that, when we put people on a pedestal and go like, oh, that guy's a pastor, he shouldn't have, you know, forgotten to call me back <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when we start doing that or that person shouldn't just be struggling in general, they should be happy they should have the joy of the Lord all the time. They should, you know, like mm. whatever it is we think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a huge barrier to intimacy, right? Because you, one, you make it and you, you put that person in a position where they can't share with you what's yeah. going on in their they can't life. can't be themselves. Or yeah. when you've put yourself in that position, like I'm a Christian now, I don't have these problems or I don't get depressed or I don't you know, screw up and yell at my kids or I don't, you know, do some sin that is totally in private that no one will ever know. Mm. And now I can't share it because like I'll seem like a hypocrite because I've told everyone I'm a Christian now and I can't, now I can't talk about it. And then you lose out on one of the main things that we will talk about in this passage is that we support each other. Like, and so like that, that uh, doing that to yourself put, creates this huge barrier to intimacy, which forces us into even more lonely places when we can't just admit, mm-hmm. man, I'm having a hard time <laughs> because right. you think you have to be. I mean, I had a I, I had a pastor who like his his marriage was failing and like they had just they chose it'd be it'll be better for everybody if we just pretend we're happy. And they basically were separated in their own home. And came to church together and pretended they still loved each other because they had convinced themselves that, like, it'd be better for the church if we just pretend we're still together. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, that's like a, you know, somewhat insane level of delusion. Right. To like, Mm. but that's the, that's the things we can start convincing ourselves on, on smaller scales. If we think, if we pretend that every Christian or every person in a place of authority or, you know, like that we're we have to be perfect all the time. Um, you know, that that's a barrier for them ever having a healthy marriage. <laughs> like yeah. they can't go to marriage counseling because they have a perfect marriage, you know, like yeah. stuff like that uh, is definitely a huge danger. Yeah, for sure. That was one of the things that he talked about, like putting ourselves on a pedestal, you know, that's yeah. like what that does. And uh, we need to be able to be honest and another thing about this is Paul is is talking about the difficulties he is facing. Most, well, basically all of them in this situation are happening to him. Like they're not because of things that he did wrong necessarily. He's talking about, look at all the things that happened to me and that's leading him ultimately to be lonely. That's what, um, that's what the beginning of that text basically seems to indicate where he starts and ends by saying, can you get here. Like Timothy, come visit me as fast as you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come to me soon. He says it twice in verse nine and in verse 21, um, do your best to come before winter. He says, get here before it gets cold. Why? I want you to bring my cloak because I'm going to get cold Mm -hmm. and bring some cool books and papers. So like I just, yeah, going back to the humanity, but 
the point is that he's struggling with humanness. Oh yeah, human humanness. <laughs> I, I I have to learn that new term <laughs> and appreciate it. Humanness, and um, he's struggling with loneliness. And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? In his situation, imprisoned and thinking about all of these horrible things that he's had to deal with. Um, and then Aaron brought up the three factors of maybe what's contributing to that loneliness, um, which he said were abandonment, opposition, and then ultimately betrayal. And I think we see that throughout this section, um, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, if we want to th- zoom out a little bit and maybe talk about our own lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, in light of this main <laughs> point that, uh, you know, no matter what obstacles we face, God will be with us and rescue us. I guess, you know, to identify with the humanness of Paul, what obstacles do you think have you faced over your lifetime? Have you experienced loneliness, abandonment, mm. betrayal? Yeah. How has God rescued you? I think we can all relate to some degree. I don't know. Do you guys, can you guys think of a time when that mm. happened to you and how yeah. you were? I mean, it's a tough one for me to answer because like, honestly, that type of intimacy is like a weak point for me. Like I am very insulated. I'm very aware of how people might be perceiving me Mm. and like am careful to not share opinions or like viewpoints that (laughs) might make someone upset. (laughs) If Mm. that makes sense like that, like I have the opposite. I mean, definitely the, like I would fall on the complete opposite spectrum of where Paul falls. (laughs) <laughs> Paul's right. like very in your face with right. the, like potentially offensive truths. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's why, yeah, I have a hard time like figuring that, like pointing to that. I haven't faced a lot of betrayal, but a lot of that is because of a, like a different sin, a different mm. weakness in my life of like not letting people really know me very much. Mm. You know what I mean? Nobody was in a position to betray To you. betray me because I hardly ever like give them the opportunity to even disagree with me, <laughs> mm. you know, which yeah. is kind of a. Well, yeah. I, I think you're probably fortunate. You have obviously some really solid close relationships and they've all been pretty healthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think somewhat. there's all like this. Not everyone is going <laughs> to face the difficulty that Paul did because yeah. <laughs> I think it's just normal that most people won't be in that kind of position. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of normal. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. But I think I hear what you're saying, that you're like, you kind of insulate yourself. That's, Mm -hmm. yeah. For sure. I mean, I had, when I first became a Christian, I was a part of a small church plant. Mm -hmm. um, And it went way off the rails. And very close friends of mine, friendships were shattered. And it was very difficult. I think Mm -hmm. I've talked about it before, how we had this split, not even a split. I mean, it kind of just a lot of the issues in that church had to come to light and they, they came to light in a very, uh, I don't know if I would say unhealthy, but it was pretty messy in the disagreements we had. We had the leadership of that little church, which was not even, it was more like a glorified Bible study meeting in another church, had to meet with the board of the church that we were meeting uh, like in their building to mediate for some of the, the difficulties we had. Hmm. And, uh, it was, emotionally really that was a healthy hard. choice at least to seek <laughs> yeah. outside counsel yeah well w- it was kind of forced by so there was essentially two opposing leaders one who uh, yeah we were made good friends and i think had good intentions but in his in his youth maybe made some rash decisions about how to communicate things but he was very sound biblically and he wanted to see that church get more aligned with the scriptures and so, and he, and he was the one who was kind of like, we need to have a meeting with this group of elders at this church because we're meeting in their building. Maybe they can offer us advice and guidance because we're a bunch of 20 somethings and barely know what we're doing. And they, the other leadership basically said, okay, fine, we'll do that. And nothing really came of it. Like the disagreements happened and the folks, the, those of us who were like, the Bible says this and you're not doing that. So you should change that. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to change that. So we're like, okay, well, we're going to leave then. And you're, they just kept on doing what they were doing. <laughs> and that elders, those elders were like, yeah, I don't know. Like you, yeah, we can't really say one or the other. And they ended up splitting ways anyways, but it, it was difficult. I had a lot of really good friends, roommates, people that I was um, really close with took this side or that side. 
And it was very strange, very difficult. And for a few years, I was kind of without a church, really. Like, well, not even a few years, maybe a year. Because I had left that church, my friend moved, and a few of us went and did this and that. So I kind of floated. And spiritually, it was really difficult for us at the time. And I definitely felt like I was abandoned. I definitely felt some loneliness, some bunch, like all three of those things a little bit mm. until I was restored. I found a healthier church to participate in. So, um, there was some of that. And I think a little bit of it was similar. Like Paul talks about opposition. Um, and I think that was what was happening. There were people, we were trying to honestly stand up for what was right biblically in the spirit of the book of, in fact, I remember <laughs> vividly, calling both of these guys who were on opposite ends and quoting the second Timothy to them to mm. be mm. <laughs> this whole, basically chapter four, be ready in season, out of season, exhort patience, rebuke. I remember, and I, I it's the first time I ever read it. I read it and I was like, this is such a good verse. I'm going to share with them. We need to like be ready and patient to rebuke and exhort one another, you know? And I thought that would lead to, you know, some like, Okay, dang, that says that. Yeah, we need to work on this. We need, you know, it didn't really work out that way. <laughs> but I, it's so funny that it was actually from this text that yeah, I was reading that is interesting. when I was oh, like a young Christian, hopeful. And people are just messy, you know? And I think at this point, a lot of those people who are on opposite sides of the disagreement, um, they might not be friendly toward one another necessarily, but they all like agree that everyone's still Christians. We're just like have some have very strange out there ideas and maybe are in, in error in some places, but not necessarily, you know, they're heretical. So yeah. it, that, that was a big confusion. What is error? What is heresy? Yeah. And we were saying a bunch of errors were heresy. And I think that may, may have gone too far. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's and kind so, of a bad starting point for conversation. But it's hard to know the difference, <laughs> especially when you're young in the faith and you're like, yeah. mm -hmm. that that's weird. I think that's, heresy or that's weird. I think it's just like wrong. And I don't want to be a part of that church, but I guess it's not clear in the text. So I can't say whether it's, it, you know, anyway, so that's a whole nother discussion, but, um, that was a big time in my life, which I know hmm. I've talked about briefly before, but yeah. 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 How about you, Ashley? Is there a uh, point, you know, where you relate to this feeling, either the loneliness, the abandonment, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, but it was like, I caused it to myself. <laughs> like, I don't have like a story where, you know, people like betrayed me or left me or like caused this hardship. Really. It was like my own doing. Um, I think like right after high school, I went to this art college. And so like I moved away from like you guys, Robert Mallory. And so I didn't have like that Christian community and, I think I was just like lonely because I literally walked away from mm. the Christian community I had. Where were you living? I was living with dad actually in Corona. Oh, you were in Corona. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like living over there and I was not really going to church um, and going to like the, the, this art school and there was like no Christians there, no community there. I don't know. So I just kind of like, I basically did it to myself. I isolated myself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I like realized I like wasn't even reading my Bible. <laughs> And then I was like, well, that was you know? the same time that I was going through all this myself. That's wild. huh? In Redlands. Yeah, that's actually and true. You, yeah. Because when uh, when we got a house together in Riverside, yeah. that was like me getting out of my Corona situation. Okay. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Mm, the Corona situation. Now that's we right. can all relate. <laughs> <laughs> no. So nah, I, I self-isolated. I did to myself, but I learned a lot, I think, through that season. And yeah. Just like my great like dependency on you know the Lord and finding community and like right. the importance of community. Yeah, but I, th I think you're hitting on a great point though. And this was in Aaron's sermon. He's like, for some of us, the solution to loneliness is just pick up the phone, <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. like yeah. call. You know, it's for some of us the solution to our loneliness is just go to church, like go mm -hmm. to church and then like participate in the church. Don't just sit in the back and like, you know, run to your car and drive home when it's over, but like participate, be, totally. you know, be there, volunteer there, join a life group, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, for a lot of us, there isn't a reason why we should be lonely and just stay lonely. But like it's, it, some of the times it's just on us to make the choice. I think that's probably Definitely. one of the more frustrating things you can tell a pastor 
is like, oh, I, I'm I'm gonna try to find new church because like we just didn't connect here. Right. We just didn't connect. Like we didn't feel welcomed here. And it's like mm, there might be some people who slip through the cracks now and then, but that's like this is one of the better churches at welcoming people. Um, like to not be welcomed and to not be involved here, you kind of got to put up your own barriers. Totally. And like when you get told that from someone who has every opportunity to participate in all the things we offer, you're like, what, what, like, what did you, did you want us to hold the service in your living room? <laughs> like, what, like what more could we have done? You know? Yeah. Like it's definitely, there's definitely like not to dismiss people. I'm sure people have had bad experiences at churches. But when you have someone who you know, like, just didn't participate in anything you offered them, and then they're like, we didn't really connect. It's, yeah. like, the most, like, like just frustrating thing you could ever say to a pastor. Yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think yeah. here, I mean, particularly in our context, it's almost the other way where it's like, you guys were reaching out too much. Like, you yeah, know you I mean? annoyed me a little bit. <laughs> like you actually were asking where I was often. And I just, you know, like I've, I've heard of people, yeah, moving on because they wanted to slip through. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. Which is sad. That's some, what some people kind of want is like to do the, you know, spiritual thing on the weekend and just sort of be in and out. And that that's not something that would be easy to do in our church because we're very, yeah. Uh, intentional while trying to connect with people and, uh, and which I'm very grateful for. Um, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. It, it, it goes both ways. Like your loneliness can be self-inflicted. And if we don't put ourselves out there and take advantage of the community we have, like Paul writes, Timothy asks him to bring him these specific things that he is in need of. And it's like, if, if we didn't get an email or a text or a phone call from someone that said, I need this and that and this, then how are we going to be able to help you? How are we going to be able to connect with you? Um, You know what I mean? It's like, we want to be the Timothy in this scenario to you who are in prison, so to speak. Let's say you're going through a difficult time. What do you need? Tell us, let us help you try to figure that out. And, and so, yeah, we, it goes both ways. It often is self-inflicted. Yeah. Well, so. and, and yeah, the, it, it's also the same, uh, thing as I was talking about before, where you have this huge barrier to, to being able to connect when you yeah. like, won't share what's going on. Like, cause I, I, there's so many times, like even with little things, you have an idea and it's in your head and then you say it out loud and someone like goes, huh? And you go, yeah, that's actually a dumb idea. I didn't like when it was just in my head, it seemed totally reasonable. But the second I said it out loud and watched someone like try to like give me a confused look, I realized, and it's the same thing with many times like our spiritual questions or like especially doubts. Like I remember probably one of the times I felt more lonely was as a really young pastor, like experiencing a lot of doubt. And it's like who when you're the pastor, who do you tell that you're having doubts? Like that's like a t- that's like a weird place to be in, right? Yeah. Um, but when you just let that all spiral around in your head, it gets all out of control, and you can't even like really judge whether any of your thoughts are making sense anymore. Like you need other people to bounce ideas off of, to bounce, you know, um, Totally. Yeah, your thoughts off of to even be able to tell. We all have had that experience, I'm sure, where we thought something and then said it out loud and realized it was really, really silly. <laughs> and that can be true of many different things. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, it seems like that's what Paul is in need of. He's in need of Timothy. He wants Mark to come because he's useful for him for the ministry. Like, what does that mean? I think it means a lot of what you're talking about. He needs someone um, to, to help him, to assist yeah. him, to even visit with him like and just have someone there to speak to well i wonder about mark even you know like that situation we're talking about mark didn't show up one time and Mm. then he's going to come on this journey with paul and paul's like no i don't like i don't like that guy working with me Mm -hmm. and now mark is the guy that he's like i need that dude like i we don't again we don't know but maybe paul not wanting to work with him gave Mark the, you know, the push to go, well, I'll show him I'm trustworthy. I messed up that one time, but I'll, I'll show him I'm trustworthy. I'll do it. I'll do the journey with this other guy. He'll see, 
you know, or or vice versa, like Paul right. going like r- dismissing him, and then Mark working really well, and Paul going like, ah, maybe I judged that guy too fast, you know. Right. It could be either one, but without it being communicated, you know, there's no way that the, that relationship was going to be restored, and then Paul would not have an additional person in his life when he's experiencing hardship that he is, you know, desiring to be near him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, communication was a lot more difficult back then. Yeah. (laughs) Like we didn't have, uh, they didn't have the digital technologies we have now where we can connect with people in an instant. Yeah. So. Yeah. What if we had to text people like, can you bring me more text messages so I can (laughs) send more messages to you? He's literally writing letters saying like, can you bring me more letter writing material? Right, right. (laughs) So So I can keep talking to people. That's wild. That is funny, man. Yeah. And then ultimately I think it builds to verse 17 and 18, which is, yeah, the, where the main point I think comes from. And Paul sort of is getting through a lot of his frustrations and then he just turns this, but the Lord stood by me, mm-hmm. strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Um, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. And so he's already looking forward to heaven and it's, it's a pretty, a pretty awesome, like refrain, kind of almost like a prayer or like a praise. It's almost like a worship moment, you know, that he yeah. breaks into there. Right. And uh, yeah, I love the cool. way Aaron phrased it that it's like, we're going to get dark, you know, and he and Aaron almost presented it because this is like a tough spot. You know, when you yeah. I, like when I read through it, I was like, oh, what's he going to do with that? You know, it's a lot of just <laughs> names and things. But it is interesting that he's sitting in prison and like, this is what he's reflecting on. Like, you know, he's reflecting on this dude that abandoned him and this dude that these people that weren't there when he, when, you know, when he thought these people would have his back, they weren't there. And like this dude that full on just worked against him on purpose, you know, all of that stuff is apparently on Paul's mind and he can't like just turn on a podcast and not think about it. He's yeah. just stuck in prison with his own thoughts and, and prayer and, uh, and for him to have all that on his mind. And then arrive at the spot that even now in prison, God is with me. And even beyond his presence with me now, he will welcome me home to heaven totally. at the end of my life. Like that has to be the perspective that we enter every difficult situation in our lives with. Like that as we suffer, Jesus suffered and Jesus is suffering with us right now. And yeah. he made a way that like when this is over, when whatever God has planned with my life is over, like I'll be with him in paradise, you know, and those right. are, that's the perspective we have to approach life with or life gets really depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Cause good... sometimes life is super fun and then sometimes it's super not. And, yep. uh, and what do you do at that point? <laughs> and it always comes in clusters. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like really rough and then really, really good. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> cool. I yeah. think that, Covers the Bible right. discussion. Yeah. yeah. Well, then let's do this. If I can get there, Ashley's going to have this segment. Volunteer of the week. Yes. So, volunteer of the week is Rebecca and Patrick Andrews. <laughs> nice. And why? So this Sunday, this past Sunday, we had our um, CC Kids volunteer meeting. Yeah, and, and there was a ton of people at it. There was a ton. <laughs> yeah. I was we have like, a lot of kids volunteers. I was like, the whole parking lot's still full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they they literally rescued us. They got the food. They helped set up the food oh, for the wow. meeting. And then they helped... Um, they oversaw the infants and preschool age children of the parents that are in meetings. Nice. So Very they cool. like helped out with so much. Awesome. Could not have done it without them. So. Cool. Whoop. And they, how long they've been at the church? Less than a uh, year, right? Yeah. 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 Recent yeah. new members. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So if you see them, uh, make sure they know they're the volunteers of the week. We don't usually do that. So it's very special, but we let Ashley choose. So. <laughs> we usually only give it to one person. Uh, volunteers of the week and uh, just let them know, say thank you uh, for the way that they're getting involved and let them know that you're glad they're a part of our church. Um, so that's always very
very, very fun. Yes. And I believe Rob has our next segment, and it's mm. this one. It's time for Bible trivia right now. All right, Rob, better make it good. We had... I'm dragging a little bit. Give me something tough, like... <laughs> <laughs> like get my adrenaline rushing, you know. Um, we had a lot of strange names in this passage. One of the okay. reasons we didn't read the passage today, even though it's small, we read a few verses, but uh, there's a, a lot of strange names mentioned at Dude, the end of this. How letter. do you, how do you say the one at the start of verse twelve? Oh my gosh, you're gonna do this to me. Start of verse twelve. What would you say? Because I would have said I've something different than Aaron says. Aaron's. I think it's Tychicus. I always <laughs> say Tychicus as well. And he said Tychicus? I think he said like Tychicus. I think he said Tychicus. I think he said Tychicus. I would have definitely said Tychicus. Okay, wait, what about 21? Okay, 21. This is a good segment. I'll tell you. Ebulus. I'll tell you if you're right. Go ahead. Ebulus. Ebulus. I would have said Ubulus on that one. I think that's what Aaron said. Yeah, Ubulus. Anyways, there's a lot of strange names in this passage. Um, and so let's look at some names in the Bible. This one, this section is called what is in a name. Ooh. Okay. 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 And I think I want to say Aaron did a few of these now that I think about it, but these are all descriptions. Most biblical names had specific meanings below are the meanings of the names of several biblical characters. Can well, you are You're going to give us the meaning and we have to say the name? The Aww. meaning of the name. That is so hard. He, yeah. And then it says in parentheses, this isn't as hard as it looks. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Except for 1, 2, 4, 6, 9 through 14 and 35. That's what, oh the, that's what your trivia book says? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's so funny. This isn't as hard as it looks. All the names are also the title of books of the Bible. So oh. many of them are. Many oh. of them. Not all of them. Many of them are. Let's see. Number six says great warrior whose great. name. And it's a Bible mm. name. It's not. It's this is not the name of a book of the Bible. Oh, <laughs> you just dang. told me they were. No, I was no, no. Be like They're not all. Malachi. Great warrior. Is it like uh, Uriah? Ooh. Or, Ooh. or Samson? Samson. Samson goes to my mind. Uriah. And either What's your guess, Ash? Dude, I don't have one. <laughs> Ashley is not guessing. Gideon. Oh, Gideon is a great warrior. It. Okay. Give Dang us the one want. Dang uh, it. We should have got that one, guys. That means that Gideon Hamer is a great warrior then. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a cool name. I've never seen um, him fight yet. All right, let's ask one that is a book of the Bible, which is God is strong. God is strong. And it's a book of the Bible, but it's also a person's name. Yeah. God is strong. A person's I name. I think this is Joel. I could be wrong. Joel, Joe, L, mm. God, yeah. Or I'm guessing like Joel. F- Samuel, first and second Samuel. Sam, the prophet Samuel, the name means God is strong. I don't know. It also has mm. L in it, which is God. I could I could go with that. I'm trying to think Gosh. of other ones that end with L. Daniel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Three. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. L. It's the L. I should have had it, L. Yeah. E- yeah. Eze- yeah. Did you just read Ezekiel? <sighs> yeah. yeah, I didn't read his name <laughs> meaning. I, I looked at part of Ezekiel, but I didn't, yeah. These are hard. I need to find one that's a little easier. Eze- I, I refuse to read Ezekiel because it's like X-rated. It's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not, the Bible. It's not appropriate for pastors to read. Um, <laughs> okay. Here, right. Here's one. Also the name of uh, a book of the Bible. Star. It just means star? Star. Hmm. Old or new? I have no idea. Should I look oh. and I'll give you hints? Okay, I'm going to look and I'll give you guys you hints. Because you're, you you're not going to guess? Oh, okay. It is Old Testament. Old Testament and it means star. I mean, I'm going to narrow it down a ton. Okay. Take a guess. I'll give you one more hint. Hmm. This is a woman's name. Ruth? Ash? Has to be a book of the Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Esther. Ashley is correct. It is Esther. Esther. It is not Ruth. Esther. 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 Yeah. Got the chimes. Good job. We got one. one. Okay, one more. Let's go out. Let's go out winners, Ashley. My gosh, these are hard. All right, all right. (laughs) Rock. Rock. Oh, Oh, uh, Peter. Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Petros. (laughs) Rock. We got it. Yeah, we're the big winners. That's a pretty interesting Section. We'll have to look at that again. Yeah. 
What I didn't say is to win that round, we all only had to get two in a row. Oh. That makes us winners. We, we won. Got, yeah. We are winners. <laughs> we are yes. the winners. Yes. All right. Well, so pray for Aaron. He's out hunting. That's right. And is not super often successful. So <laughs> pray for him. But the, Anything yeah. else coming up? We got life groups starting this week, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Get signed up to a life group now. You can do it. Go to canbechristian.org forward slash life groups. Yep. And youth group will sort of be starting. Yep. Kids ministry yep. never stopped. We are going to start the gospel. You're on on that hamster wheel all year round. But now we're doubling up on kids ministry because life groups has kids ministry. That's right. So there you go. We're starting the gospel of John here in two weeks. Yes. And Cody will be preaching from Malachi. I think. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Might have to cut this out of the podcast. No, I won't cut it out. So far, that is still true. (laughs) <laughs> he is indecisively, prayerfully, spiritually seeking the Lord's will. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing Sunday. forcing me to do Malachi. Not really. And so if it's not, if it ends up not hitting right. Yeah, if the Holy Spirit doesn't confirm it in your soul. Then I'll jump to Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Canby Christian Church podcast. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit canbychristian.org.